0: Tell of all his wondrous works. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wondrous no Remember, Remember the wonders he has done. done.
1: No, done. no done. one can fathom. Wonderful, wonderful, to wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hi guys, this is Wonderful to Tell. I'm Tracy Conrad. What I love about today's story is, well, everything. But what I was going to say is, what I love about today's story is how something big has happened from something that started small, born out of an act of obedience? I can't wait for you to hear the story about Ben and Margaret Fields, shared by Margaret at a recent wonderful to- tell recording session. So here's Margaret.:
0: I'm Margaret Fields this is my husband, Ben, and we are founders and managers and operators of a nonprofit organization named Project 44. And we get our name after the 44th book of the Bible, which is the book of Acts. And how we came to this was uh, I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, but I had always had this like personal relationship with God and would talk to God and pray to God. But I didn't have a community to share, you know, my experiences with. Uh, ben, uh, his grandparents were very involved in church, but he wasn't a regular you know, attender or involved in church um, growing up either. So when we got married, though, we decided we wanted to put God at the center of our marriage and, and find a church and, you know, start, um, you know, building a life based around, you know, following Christ. And so we found a church. We started attending the church that both sets of grandparents had attended. It was a United Methodist Church and met some great people there. And uh, But they were an older community um, and... They, you know, they had just done things the way they had always done for years and years, and uh, they were in decline because they were in a neighborhood that was changing and they weren't really uh, interested in changing to kind of meet with where the people were that were around them. And so we were there and we met a couple of other young couples and we decided that, you know, we wanted to try to do some things, reach out to the community uh, and just kind of met a lot of resistance with that because it was something different. And we started, you know, the more we studied the Bible and the things that Jesus was, you know, talking about that we should do, we weren't seeing a lot of that within the church. And so we tried for years to kind of get the church to kind of come along and, uh, you know, try some things new and do things with us and, um, and just met some resistance. And what we came to realize is that oftentimes when God... Plants that idea in your mind that somebody should do this. Uh, that somebody is you, right? Uh, you know, God's not speaking in these big, you know, uh, you know, hyperboles of like, you know, somebody should. It's like it's you. And we decided that uh, as part of, you know, instead of sitting around trying to make the church, you know, do what we thought the church should be doing, we realized, well, we are the church, right? Um, there's nothing in the Bible that says it's a building with these pews and, uh, you know, red carpet, no wait, blue carpet, no white green carpet, <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, so we decided that we were just going to, you know, go out there and be the church. And what we recognized was that God has already given you every gift and talent that you need to be in ministry. Mm-hmm. You may not realize it. It may not look like what other people's gifts and talents might be, but you already have everything that you need. But if you're listening for the Holy Spirit to speak and to move, and you f- listen and you follow, then crazy things happen, right? And so Ben's a mechanic. He has his own shop. And for years, people would like just come up and say, you know, I've got this car that either I don't want to fix anymore or... The dealership wants to offer us, you know, $20 for a trade-in, you know, and it's ridiculous. You know, I'm just going to leave it here. And then, like, literally 10 minutes later, somebody would show up and say, you know, my car just died. I don't know how I'm going to fix it. And so we'd be like, oh, well, why don't you take this car? And so that kind of started the idea that, you know, well, what if this is already happening? And what if we tried to make that happen? What if we built a ministry around uh, taking cars that people don't need um, or don't want anymore and giving it to someone who has a need for a car. And really the idea came from the book of acts in chapter 2 uh, verses 42 through 47 where it talks about you know the description of the early church where they worshiped together, they prayed together, they ate together, and they shared everything that they had among them so no one had a need. And So it was like that's it. It's just you know, just seems so simple that it was just ridiculous. Uh, So we sat around in our living room one night with some friends and brainstormed about how could we make this happen. Uh, We decided the best way to do that is to become a nonprofit because why would people want to give us their cars? You know, we hope that people would want to because they want to share. um, But, you know, there's also the reality of life. And if you can get a tax donation for your, you know, donation, then, you know, hey, why not? So we set about forming a 501c3 uh, and did that. This was in 2008. This was January 2008, we had this conversation. June 2008, we gave our first car away um, and became official 501C3. Uh, And in that time, since 2008, we've given away close to 500 cars um, to individuals and families in need. And this is just from donations. This is people that hear about us, tell our story. And then when the time comes and they're ready to upgrade or, you know, whatever, they, they gift us the, the car. And uh, we pay for insurance, um, title transfer, registration. We make repairs to them so that they're in good, reliable um, condition. And we we are looking for people. As you can imagine, lots of people, you know, apply for a car. Um, but you have to be a licensed driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are also looking for people that transportation kind of makes it or breaks it for um, for them in terms of being self-sufficient. Uh, there are a lot of people who need to get to places and I understand it's hard to get to the store and to doctor's appointments, but if you're a single parent um, and you've got multiple children and your car dies and you can't get to work, you know, I mean, that's a desperate situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we we also have given a lot of cars to people who've coming, coming out of rehab, out of prison, uh, people who've come to this country seeking asylum uh, because they've been persecuted for being a Christian in another country. Um, And it's just this amazing opportunity that we have to take this gift that, you know, Ben always says, you know, if a grease monkey, if God can use a grease monkey, God can use anybody, right? Um, And to share, share, you know, God's love with people in kind of a real and tangible way. And we know that it's not just about material things. Um, but sometimes you have to meet people's needs first before they can hear anything else. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus went out, and he went to the to the sick and to the hungry, and he met those needs, and then he shared why. You know, people often ask, well, why do you do this? Um, and, you know, for us it's the simple answer of, because God first loved us. And then in turn we love others. You know, and that's just the way, oh, yes, that's, oh, thank you. Look at this, got people taking care of me over here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we started with the car ministry. That was our, our first ministry. And we've discovered also that God uh, likes to, to kind of like pull you out from where you are, test the waters. It's like, oh, you're willing to do this. All right. Well, let's see. What else might you be willing to do? And uh, in 2008 and 2009, when the economy was so bad, Ben kept hearing, you know, the words um, that Jesus was saying of, to feed my sheep. Now, we know that that scripture has a lot of rich meaning to it. It means a lot of things. Um, but let's not discount the fact that it might also actually mean feed my people, you know, give them food. Uh, so we decided we would start a community garden, um, and which is funny because... Uh, We've never grown anything before. Never had any interest in it. Uh, I don't like dirt, and I don't like vegetables. And so God says, "Go be a farmer." And we're like, "Okay." So we started with one uh, community garden in Fort Worth, and then we were going to put a a community garden on every empty lot in Tarrant County, and set about doing that. Then ran into some issues with like back taxes on land and things like that. And then a friend of ours invited us to come and farm in Granbury. Um, and so we did and not knowing anything like we you know we bought a greenhouse off of craigslist which i didn't know you could do that but yes you can uh five thousand square feet and it comes in a million pieces that you get to put together um and we did that and then we but we in the meantime while we were building that we thought you know what would happen if we put like seed in the ground and put like water on it (laughs) and things grew it was crazy uh, and it, so much, you know, I mean, we had so much food that first year, and we were giving the food to um, food pantries um, to help supplement the dry and canned goods that they, they were receiving. But we realized, you know, into that process that there was, it was a very impersonal kind of, kind of thing. Not that food pantries are not great, and they do very important work, but there was no relationship piece to it. And, you know, what we've realized is that it's all about the relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And so we started a program called Family to Family, in which uh, one family that was, you know, churched uh, would take a box of produce to a family in the community that was not connected to a faith community every week for a year. And just um, for no other reason than to just deliver this food um, and just to show. And it's twofold, right? Because the people that are delivering the food, we're trying to target, especially uh, young families, you know, with children, children. Um, and so they would do this as a family activity, they would have the opportunity to be like Jesus, to go out Mm -hmm. the children could see their parents, you know, um, doing as Jesus did. Um, And then also showing up in people's homes with no other expectation other than I just want to give you this box of produce. And again, it's that, you know, we do this because God first loved us and, and, and we love you. And so just taking what is a natural... Uh, need which is food and turning it into a way to build relationships Um, and what we found over that year was that at first it was awkward it's like hi (laughs) bye you know and then uh, they were inviting the people to deliver the food like around game time so they could come in and maybe watch the game and then uh, then we'd Created a Facebook group, and uh, they would like the families from the community would put on their please pray for us over this, you know, and seek out. And then uh, the families who were receiving food were like, hey, we know this other family that might need some food. So they would give food, and then they would get extra food to take to somebody else. And so, you know, in that process, um, you know, we were building relationships and showing them what it looks like. Then they, in turn, were taking that and sharing that with somebody else. Um, and it 's a great model that can be replicated anywhere really um, in any faith community. It just takes people willing to uh, make that commitment to to show up and, and do that every week um, and then once again, God um, does does great things and uh, called us to go visit a missionary that we had been connected with um, in Liberia and to see how we could help her because. Uh, she had been with uh, like the Global Board of Missions, which is United Methodist kind of big mission group, and receiving support from them. And then uh, she left because Liberia has some very serious needs, mm-hmm. um, and they have very few doctors there. And God called her back to Liberia to do mission work there in her hometown because she grew up in Liberia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to go see how we could help her, and um, just to see what it's like to go to Liberia, what can we do to help. Well, we went right about the time Ebola was breaking out, um, but it wasn't really in Liberia at the time, you know. um, And we kept saying, should we go, should we go? We had a doctor with us. The doctor was monitoring the CDC reports, and it's fine. Dr. Henna was like, it's fine, there's nothing going on. We're like, fine, we'll go, and we get there, and then like two days later, Dr. Brantley uh, from JPS you know, was diagnosed and um, you know, sent away, and, and then in Liberia, they shut down the hospital. They, you know, did all, cut off, shut off the borders, you know, all those kinds of things, so we went to go help with medical mission, and here we were in a country in a medical crisis with no hospital to send people to if they got sick. Um, so we really couldn't do anything in the medical field because we were risking exposing not only ourselves but Dr. Henna's workers um, to, you know, to terrible things. So we just sat around and talked to people um, and found out that, you know, they never really recovered from the many years of civil war that they had there, which I didn't even know at the time, the history of Liberia, that they had suffered uh, from, you know, civil war and oppressive leaders, and their country was just basically broken down to, to nothing, and they never rebuilt. And in that process, God uh, put it on our hearts that we should uh, build a vocational school there because there, there are not people that have that skill, the skills and the training anymore. Either they died or they left, and they're not coming back. Um, and we thought about bringing people here to the states and training them and then taking them back, but Dr. Henna said they'll just leave. You know, you get them here, they won't, they won't go back. And it just so happens, by coincidence, of course, you know, that um, all of our best friends are, you know, in the field. So one of our best friends is an electrician. One of our best friends is a plumber. One is uh, in construction. One does livestock and agriculture. And so all of those things. You know, Ben's a mechanic. It's like, hmm. Wow, what a coincidence, right? And so uh, God called us to do a, a medical mission there, but really God called us to really get to know the people and see what's going on, and to kind of fill that that gap um, that they were experiencing. So we've we've purchased now a hundred. We were going to purchase a hundred acres of land, but. Um, we now have 150 acres of land there. Um, Dr. Henna is, is on site and helping to oversee everything, make sure that everything's done you know, the way that it's supposed to. Um, we're going to return in August to start working on plans to build this school. Um, and eventually in the near future, Ben and I will be spending a lot of time there getting the, the school started. But the idea is to do like a train-the-trainer thing, right? Like we're going to go there, get the school set up, get it running um, and then train people who can continue to train other people. And hopefully this will be a model that could be replicated, that we can go in other places and do, do the same thing. And so we started with you know kind of one ministry, um, which was the cars, and that's still going and is doing great. And then we went into to farming, which was just like beyond anything we could imagine, and to now... Uh, building a trade school in Liberia Africa, which is way way beyond uh, because again god god 's funny because i i don 't like being on planes i don 't like i 'm very germophobic i like i don't like change i 'm um, a very picky eater, you know all of these things, and god 's calling me to africa so that 's how I know this is not me right because we would never choose to do any of these things because they're so out of, out of my element. But, you know, it's just that willingness to open yourself up, to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, uh, and then just go and follow. And you don't have to work out all the details perfectly. You don't have to have all the skills and knowledge um, to do it, because if you're willing to step out, God will provide the way. God will do all the heavy lifting if you're just willing to go. Um, and I could, I could stand here for three weeks And talk nonstop about all the different little ways that, you know, God has intervened, um, you know, with people or with situations or how all these stories weave together. um, And it would still never be enough because it's just because God is just constantly, you know, at work. And and we and we see that Um, and just the fact that, you know. The ministry has just taken all, you know, people say, well, that's a bunch of weird, random stuff all collected <laughs> together. It's like, yeah, it really is, but it's just because God has put all these things, and we, we go, okay, well, we'll, we'll do it, you know. And so what we try to encourage people is that, you know, we think of skills and gifts and things for, for ministry as either something you do for a living, you know, either you're a pastor or you work in a church or you have this great artistic ability, you know, you can sing or you can paint or dance or, you know, we think of those kinds of things as gifts and graces or, you know, what you do for, for God, but it's, it's not, it's, you are already fully prepared for, for ministry. Um, It's just a matter of you're willing to, to give of yourself and to go, go and try and to not, um, to not limit yourself, to not sell yourself short because God is so much bigger than, and than anything we could ever imagine, and God sees each one of us differently than we see ourselves. Um, and um, and I promise, if you just kind of just listen for that for that that movement, for that speaking, um, amazing, crazy things will happen, um, and you will you will never be the same. So we are just thankful that we have um, this opportunity to do what we do um, and, uh, and see where God is going to take us and to share our story with you.
1: What I love so much about the example set by Ben and Margaret and Project 44 is that this type of outreach can be practiced by each and every one of us. We don't have to quit our jobs or go get specialized training. The opportunities abound. They're all around us. They're in the neighborhoods where we live the elderly couple across the street, or the friend who lost a job, the neighbor whose husband died after spending a lifetime together, or a family in crisis as a marriage dissolves. This is happening on every street, in every town, and in every state. People are in need. They're hurting. And if knocking on your neighbor's doors isn't practical or out of your comfort zone, great news! Project 44 has a lot of volunteer opportunities, so be sure to visit our website at wonderfultotell.com where you can learn more about Ben and Margaret, see photos of them in action, and find the link to their website. And please subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our stories. This episode was produced by Brad and Tracy Conrad with the invaluable support of our crew members Michael, Lindy, Kevin, Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro. Lindy Conrad came up with our name. And Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. And thanks for listening.